Thank you, choir. Jesus is the answer to everything in life. That's my motto. And I know he's been answering our prayers. Thank God for this song. And thank God for each and every person who is here this morning. And we're going to have a good time together around the Word of God. Today, I want to share with you some thoughts on David. We all know who's David, right? He's not Dave. It's David who became king. So, I have, I, I'm going to quote only one verse. You don't need to open your Bibles, but you should have your Bibles. So you follow with me. Uh, David, the Lord said about him, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man, complete, continue that, after my own heart. I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. And this is going to be our meditation this morning for like 25 minutes about David. In his youth, we're going to leave the king and the kingdom to some other time. But I want to share with you what I think of this young man when he was growing up. David's life was a life that at least we can say a great life. A life of faith. A life of trials. A life filled with adventure, conquests, and heroism. He was called David of Israel. The nation was known by his name. The greatest of her kings. He is the shepherd boy. The representatives of this great nation. He is her soldier. Her conqueror. Of all the Goliaths that they have faced in their lives. He is her king. Her priest. Her prophet. Her poet. All her psalms are called by his name. Do you agree on that? Even the history of Israel seems to repeat itself around David. A man called by God, the man after his own heart. The man after my own heart. Born to a modest family, he fed his father's sheep on the plains of Bethlehem. He had seven brothers, all strong Hardworking, they were gigantic men. They were groomed to serve their country and they were in the army. David was the youngest. And the Bible says, he went, when he started serving Saul, he went to tend his father's flock at Bethlehem. You find that in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 15. He was just a shepherd boy. And according to the historians, 
It's not in the Bible. They said he will never equal his brothers. Yet little David had the ambition and courage that none of his brothers ever had. So we're going to look at this young man, young boy, young shepherd. And we'd like to summarize his youth in about 25 minutes or 20 minutes. What made him so courageous? What made this reputation of his that we are still ourselves reading what he wrote long, long time ago and we get a blessing from it? Yes, he was a young shepherd. My first point to you, a young shepherd, yet he seized the opportunities given to him. Think of that. The little ruddy, the Bible says he was ruddy. Ruddy shepherd was daily tending his father's sheep. He was alone on the hills of Bethlehem. He was in the back mountain. He spent most of his youth as a shepherd. You may call him teenager. Or a young, young, young man. There was no one to communicate with him except God. And he considered it a privilege without knowing anything at all about how things are and how is downtown, how does it look. He was always in the mountain. But he knew one thing. He had no one to talk to he start talking to God. Young people. And thank God. The most of our church are young people. There is nothing more beautiful. To build a communication with your God. There is no more blessing under the sun. Than Forming a relationship with your Savior. And I, I have come to that conclusion. That he had this intercourse with God. At the very early stage of his life. And we're going to prove it later on. He started walking with God then. And little he knew. Little he knew. That it was God's plan for his life. Oh, people might have thought, well, he is, for, he is lonely. Oh, who's David? Look at his brothers. Look at them, seven of them in the army. They're fighting for their country. He's not yet of age. This is why his father sent him. To tend his sheep and his flock. And as he tended the flock. I, I want you to think with me. 
back on those mountains, hills of Bethlehem. Do you think he remembers someone who grew up like him? Who went through being on the back of the mountain for 40 years? Who went through an experience similar to this one? And who went through a life like this? David did not spend 40 years, but Moses spent 40 years there. And I figure that he used to take with him the word of God. He was a bright young boy. He had gifts. He was a musician at an early age. He was a poet. He was a writer. He was a great reader. Young people who are going to school. Work at it. To be a good reader. A good learner. A good musician if you like music. And a good reader of the word of God. The most important thing. He didn't have books to read. He only had one thing to read. The word of God. The old five books that he found in his hand. And he read. And he learned. And he became educated at an early age in his life. When he faced Goliath, Goliath told him these words, Who are you sending me? Who are you sending me? You are sending me a lad? Am I a dog? Go, choose a man to fight me. Who are you choosing? You Israel. Young people, you want to grow and be a great man like, da- like David? First of all, study the Word of God. Seize that opportunity that you have. You are in a home where the Bibles are there. Read your Bible and learn from it. For in it you will find the issues of life. This young man considered his time with God the greatest opportunity a person could have in his lifetime. He proved it. How are you spending your days, your hours? Do you appreciate that you have a mom and dad, young people? There are many young people here. Do you appreciate your mom and dad telling you on Sunday morning, come on, let's go to church? But mom, it's too early. Ten o'clock is not too early. We thank God we didn't start at nine. Maybe we won't have anybody coming in. (laughs) He had a good mom and dad. And took care of him. And do you appreciate, when you come here, do you appreciate the opportunity that you are in the presence of God?
come to church and learn like David learned. He didn't have a church to go to, but he had a place to go to, shepherding the flock and learning the real issues of life. Some might call David, David's lives on those hills a boring and obscure life. Oh, boring. What do you do? What do you do all day long? You sit down and watch the sheep eat? Yes, Adam. What a secluded life. We want some action. I don't think so. He was not bored. He didn't call it a monotonous life. He didn't call it an obscure life. He didn't call it boring. You know what he did? He kept studying. He kept following what God was talking to him and giving him all the precepts, all the laws. And he kept studying and he kept learning until the word of God gave him the strength to be David the Great. May I ask you what you're reading? May I ask you what you're studying? It's good to read books. It's good to go to school. It's good, good to go to college and graduate. This is, this is, I encourage you to do that. But before anything, read the Word of God. Two weeks ago, I spoke the word, about the Word of God. And I, tell, I cannot speak enough about the Word of God. Carry a small Bible in your pocket or in your briefcase and open it and read it in your, during your breaks because it will give you strength and nourishment and life to conquer all these bad things that you experience in your walk. It gave him a solid foundation. There is nothing that can give you a solid foundation like the Word of God. And he sees the opportunity. Young, but wise. Young, but he understood what God wanted him to do. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, from 17, verse 17, 17, 17. Let's, let's look at it this way. One day, he said, you're not going to go to take the flock. I'm going to take care of them. I want you to do the following, this errand for me. He was an errand boy. Look at what he says. Jesse, his father, told David, his son, take now for your brothers an ephah of this roasted grain and these ten loaves and run to the camp to your brothers because they were They were in the camp waiting to fight Goliath and the Philistines. Bring with you ten cuts of cheese to the commander of their thousand and look into the welfare of your brothers and bring back news of them. For Saul and they and all the men of Israel are in the valley of Elah fighting with the Philistines. When his brother saw him, he said, Ha ha! Where did you leave the flock? They laughed at him. Your place is not here. You're coming to watch us fight, huh? He said, no, I, 
I came to bring you food. So you can taunt the armies of the Philistines. And he told them, Who is this guy you're fighting? He wasn't in the battle. Who is this guy that you're fighting? Well, didn't you hear of Goliath? Didn't you hear of this guy who was, who was standing on a day in and day out, threatening us? He said, send me someone who can stand to me, and I'll show you what I will do with him. You know what he called him? When the word of God, when the courage of God is in you. You know what he told him in verse 26? And he looked, David spoke to the men who were standing by him, verse 26. What will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? Look what he, the description. For who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Who is he that he should taunt the armies of the living God? David, where did you get this courage? Who gave you these words? You're a shepherd. You're daily there in the back mountain. How did you, how, wh- what kind of courage? This guy will eat you. With one finger, he'll wipe you out. No, and he didn't, even, he didn't, it didn't move him. He never thought of himself that who am I? Except when King Saul wanted to give him his daughter, he said, he he told him, he said, who am I and what is my life or my father's family to be honored? With such an honor. He was humble. He was only devoted. To serve his father. And obey his master. His savior. His God. He didn't care about anything else. Even when he went to fight. They put on him some clothes. They put on him shields. They put on him the army. Saul's. Saul's clothes. He looked at the king. I I can't do that. This is not my type. This is not my size. And I'm I'm going to fight. What are you going to fight with? I'm going to take my staff with me. And my sling. And I'm going to fight him. He was the laughing stock of the whole army. Yet what happened? It wasn't him who fought. It was God in him who fought. He took advantage of every opportunity that he had an encounter with God. Every opportunity. And if I am speaking to someone today, I don't mind he or she. Say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm probably like, I'm, I'm not known. I'm like David. I'm in the back of the mountain. I'm in an obscure place. Uh, no one acknowledge me. I, uh, I just, uh, not in that limelight. I say, cheer up. The Lord has his eye upon you. Read the word of God. Establish a relationship with the Savior. 
And take Jesus Christ as your friend. And walk with him. And when you grow up, guess what? The Lord will take care of your future. And will give you success and prosperity. I'm like a shepherd boy. Doesn't matter. God is willing to reveal clearly the opportunities that he has for you in due time. At the right time. And the right place. Just get closer to the Savior. Study like he studied. Communicate with God like he communicated with God. And serve him with vigor and courage. He took advantage of the opportunities. Then he did something else. He was consistent in his responsibilities. Some may say this is a boring life, as we said. He did the same thing every day. I can imagine David picking up his lunch, his musical instrument, uh, maybe a mandolin, right? His staff, starting early in the evening, in the morning, and then, what well, his sling. That was, you know, like, like his gun, his sling. And off he goes. What did he do all day long? Can you, can someone, let's, let's check your imagination. What did he do all day long? Well, the sheep is, is there, and they are around the hill. What did he do? He started playing. He's starting rehearsing. He became a musician. And what was he singing? Rock and roll? (laughs) What was he singing? The Psalms that he wrote. Some of the words of God. He took the precepts of God. He took the law of Moses. And he took them all together and made songs. And he was... He was growing to be a musician, a hymn writer, a, a, a sing, whatever it is. And then every now and then he says, time now, time to break. And he will take a sling and start saying, okay, toward, toward the, the, some, some kind of a tree or a goal or a, a place where he has to hit it, hit it right. And on a daily basis, this you think it's monotony. He didn't have, on a daily basis, he practiced everything. He practiced music. He practiced uh, his uh, reading. And then he practiced his slingshots. Edul, why are you saying this? How many slingshots did it take him to kill Goliath? Tell me. He took five. He took five stones with him. He picked them up. Smooth stones from the valley. He put them in his pocket and he says, well, hey, I am, they are here in my quiver. And if I need more than one, I still have five. He put one. He shot him dead. He was consistent day in, day out. Do you have a responsibility? How do you do it? Do you have a job? How do you do it? 
Your mom and dad assigned you a responsibility at home. How do you do it? Uh, it's boring. I have to mow the lawn every week. Yes, mow it. Mow it in it. Mow it. Do it right. Let's be better than any gardener. Because if you excel in that, you will excel in everything in life. Your dad trusted you with some money. I said, okay, start managing money now. If you manage it well and you know how to spend it, now, you don't go and spend it in one night, all of it. Uh, that tells me something about your future and how you spend money. But if you manage it right, young man, young lady, you will be a good manager in the future. How did you manage the sheep? David, I said, I managed them well. Though they were not mine. But I was, I was given the opportunity to manage them. There is a responsibility. I have to count them and tell my dad how many I left with and how many I returned with. And I tell you one thing. He did, did it well. His sling was there. And he was there to fight them. And more than that, he did it with loyalty to his father and mother and loyalty to his God. In chapter 17 and 17 and verse 34, David said to the king, I am a fighter. Let me take care of this Goliath. But let me tell you, let me tell you what I did in my life. And here's why I said, I will share with you. He said in verse 34, your servant was tending his father's sheep when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb from the flock. I went out after him. And attacked him and rescued it from his mouth. And when he rose up against me, I seized him by the beard and struck him and killed him. Is this consistency in responsibilities? We have responsibilities in life. You have responsibilities at home. You're assigned responsibilities everywhere. You have responsibilities at work, young man. Everyone, let's do it. Consistently. I admire. I admire our deacons. In this church. What they do. And when we give them an assignment. They run after it. And they do it. And they present us with results. As quick as they can. That's taking. Responsibilities. And executing it. According to God's will. He didn't say these are not my sheep. He didn't say, I don't care. Let my dad do it. Let my mom do it. Let the world do it. He took responsibilities. And he did it in such a fantastic way. I killed them all. Your first, your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine, he even wouldn't call him by his name. He was so sure about himself. Not in himself, because he tells him later on, I don't come to you with my own power, but with the power of the Lord of hosts. He was sure. Why? Because his foundation was on the word of God. He believed the word of God. When I go through any valley, when I face any enemy, when I face my foes, 
I know if I am in God's will, He will stand for me and will give me the victory. A young man, at his age, he was maybe 18, maybe 17, maybe 16. Maybe age of some people like you. And it put the older ones to shame. How should we tackle our responsibilities? It's, you know what? You can do your responsibilities, first of all, when you do the responsibilities toward God. And you do it right. Then any other responsibility will become easy. I defended the sheep. And I killed them. So I can kill this man. Oof. What assurance. What assurance. This is pride. No, it is not. You can see I am I'm a man not seven feet tall. This guy was nine feet tall. He might have been five, eight, or six feet tall. David, they say he wasn't that big. But he didn't care. He said, I am bigger than him. Uh, we are majority in Jesus Christ. I can face it. And when you obey God, you obey your father, you obey your mother, you obey the word of God, then you will be a majority in your work, at school, anywhere you are. First and foremost, give the glory to God and honor God in your life. That's what he did. I don't care if they are down there, they're having fun. I am tending the sheep. This is not the time to play. He knew this is the time to study. This is not the time to play. This is not the time to study. And then there's someone asked me. I was talking to him and says, Okay, Adol, you go to church every Sunday. You go to church every Monday. You go to church every Wednesday. And sometimes you go on Friday. And you spend your life going to church. I was working still. I said, yeah. I, I love it and I honor God. He says, Adol, what do you do for fun? I said, I never thought of fun like, fun like what? I have friends. I enjoy it with them. I have Christian friends. I love them. They love me. I go to church. I have a, the majority of my friends are from church and enjoy them. But what do you do for fun? Like what? Like going to rock concerts? Like going to the world? I don't do these things. I never liked them since my youth. I say, I'm a sportsman. I like sports. And if you are involved, enjoy it and exercise and still exercise. Exercise and enjoy God who gave you this body to be able to exercise. But be careful not to during prayer meeting, not during Bible study, not during Sunday morning. No. You have all the rest of the days to exercise and enjoy it. What do you do for fun? And I read a, a, a story are you willing to... We'll, we'll end with... After five minutes. Um, I read a story and it brought me to tears. About what do you do for fun. I went and looked for it. And then I kept it. And it's new. It's uh, written by Ted Kyle, who is a great writer. And uh, a young Christian girl came to him. And she told him, I have an incident. Can I... Can I tell you about it? He said, 
He said, afterwards, if it's good for the young people and for everyone, can I publish it? She said, I have no problem. Here it is. I have an incident with a young man who, has, who had been asking to date her. He was not a member of the church and they just didn't have anything in common. She had turned him down twice and now she had said no to attending a rock concert with him. In a kind of mock exasperation, the young man asked her, what do you do for fun? This is why I kept it. Because this guy asked me, what do you do for fun? You don't dance. You don't drink. You don't attend wrong concert. You don't go here or there. And what do you do? To the young man, she replied. And this is a true story. For fun, I get up in the morning without feeling embarrassed. Ashamed and guilty about what I did the night before. That was your David. The young man had nothing more to say. She was right. It is fun not to feel guilty for your actions the night before. And then Ted says this. Come to think of it, there are many things in life that are fun. For example, that Christian girl is now married to a fine Christian man. They have a little girl and are building an outstanding Christian home together. I am thrilled thinking about the fun she's having. She's having fun every day, living without the affliction of deep scars of fornication, drugs or alcohol, and regrets from her past. It's fun getting ready each afternoon to receive a husband home from work, knowing that he won't be stopping off at a local bar for a few drinks with the boys. It's fun knowing that while he is away from her, his Christian conduct won't allow infidelity or even flirting. It's fun watching him hold his little girl in his lap with loving, protecting arms. It's fun knowing that her little girl will never see her father in a drunker, stupor, or experimenting with drugs. It's fun living with assurance that the home will be led by a spiritual leader who will guide each family member toward heaven. The list of fun things for Christians is endless. Let me ask you now, what do you do for fun? What do you do, David, for fun? My third point, I'll end with that. David learned through shepherding for fun. He became a shepherd. He started a shepherd. A shepherd of sheep. But he became a shepherd of men. He became, in the eyes of many, in an obscure place. Obscure life. Monotonous life. Life that... What's the, what's the future of a shepherd? What's the future? No college. And when he was called... When his brothers were called by Samuel the prophet. Just came. Okay. By Samuel the prophet. And he was looking for a king. And Jesse said, oh, I, do I have men for you? Here's 
Get them here, Jesse. Seven men tall. Fair and handsome. I wouldn't say dark because we have some fair men here with that. Okay. Tall, fair, handsome. This one, no. This one, no. How about this one? No. How about seven of them? They didn't make it. They did not make the cut. And then somebody said, do you have any other? He said, I have one who's shepherd back in the backfield. Bring him. They brought him. Are these all your children? Yeah, bring the other guy. So he went and the father went and brought, brought David. David, come on. Samuel wants to look at you. Listen to this. He was ruddy, as we said, with a beautiful eyes and a handsome appearance. And the Lord and Samuel said, looked at him. And then it says in the Bible, verse 12, 16, 12. And the Lord said, arise, anoint him, for this is he. From a shepherd to a king. Arise, anoint him, this is he. Wait a minute. What were his qualifications? Would you please help me out here? I tried to get some qualifications. And I said I will ask our lawyers and doctors who are here. Uh, education, zero. Do you agree? Education, zero. But he was educated in the precepts of God. Right? That's more. Okay. Training, zero. Managing people, zero. He can manage animals. Okay? Experience, zero, Adam. Army tactics, what army tactics? Zero. All the qualifications, he does not meet any of them. But he met one thing. He passed one thing. He was a man after God's own You want success in life. You want prosperity in life. You and I, we need to be men after God's own heart. Don't look elsewhere. Study. Work hard. Obey God. Read the book. Come to church. You will succeed in life. He had no qualifications. But he has... He had the most important qualification. He became the shepherd of Israel. When you want now, a question to you all. When you want to get some uplifting from the word of God, where do you go mostly? To the Psalms, right? And how about Psalm 23? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Who wrote that? The uneducated man, shepherd man. Who wrote everyone? Who wrote uh, uh, my favorite, Psalm 91? Go read it. Who wrote it? And he was then transferred from shepherding sheep into shepherding millions of people. Hundreds of thousands and millions are, were blessed and are being blessed today. But by what David wrote, this young man, this young shepherd, because what? He obeyed God. In uh, Psalm 78, and I'll end with this for you. Psalm 78, 
The Holy Spirit is writing. He's writing. In verse 70 it says. About God. He also chose David his servant. And took him from the sheepfolds. Made him a king. From the care of the lambs. With suckling lambs he brought him. To shepherd Jacob his people. And Israel in his, in his, his inheritance. Listen to verse 72. So he shepherded them according to the integrity of his heart and guided them with his skillful hands. Who trained you, David? Who made you a king, David? Who gave you a beautiful future? There was no king like him. No king. That obscure man, that shepherd boy. And if you think so little of yourself, I want to tell you something. If you're walking with God, don't, don't think so small of yourself. God is training you to promote you, to use you. God is shepherding you. So in the future, you'll be able to be a good shepherd. You have great shepherds in this church. And I tell you one thing, one, one word about them. We thank God for our elders. And they will not let any opportunity that will hurt you. They will, not jump, they will jump on it. They will protect you. They will care for your spiritual life. Sometimes you don't like the decisions they're made, but they're only made so that you will grow better and you will know God in a better way. So keep praying for them. And as this shepherd grew to be a shepherd of men, may each one of us will grow to take up our responsibilities and be winners of souls for the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Our Father, we thank you. And we pray that you make us men Men of courage, men of decisions, men like this man, David, how he grew up. We pray that you use us for your glory. Help us as young people to be obedient to you, to our parents, and do the work and do the responsibilities in a consistent way, for we know the end is a good one to them who obey. Dismiss us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen.